This will be the most structured part we have, guys. Uh, probably. <laughs> Welcome to the Hat in the Bag Disc Golf Podcast, streaming to you as part of the Joe's Disc Golf Podcast Network. And here are your hosts, Ben... Joe and RJ. All right. Well, everyone, welcome back to Half in the Bag, a disc golf podcast where three of us friends get together, grab a drink, and ramble on about disc golf for, you know, however long we feel like. Uh, starting off here, my name's Ben. I'm up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and today I'm sipping on a local Wisconsin favorite, a spotted cow from Nuclearis Brewery. And I'm RJ. I'm uh, up in. Northeastern Indiana, and I am drinking a Cabernet Sauvignon. Well, look at you, Mr. Fancy Pants. I'm Joe, and I'm drinking a hot toddy. I'm in Northeast Indiana as well. Hot toddies are delicious. If you don't know what they are, it's tea, little honey, lemon, and um, well, it's only supposed to be about a shot of brandy, but well, <laughs> yay. <laughs> <laughs> you spend time in Wisconsin, you know what a shot of alcohol looks like. I know point. how you pour things. This is a, this captain is a shot, and, right? A, a captain and Coke is captain with a shot of Coke. Hey, don't give away next week's drink already. <laughs> next week's drink, that's all you live on. Uh, but we've got, right. uh, we've got a bunch of topics here. We're going to go over the 2022 rule changes. Um, talk a little bit about Disc Golf Valley. And some fun stuff coming up with that. Um, some movement here. We have finally a landing zone for Chris Dickerson and Haley King. And uh, getting on to some listener questions. So I Hey, uh, Joe. Yo. I'm just going to stop you right there for no. a second. If you've ever seen my upshots, you know I have no landing zone. <laughs> it's wherever <laughs> it stops. Yep. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully not in the pond or you know over the fence yeah well i guess we could that can uh we could start out with the rules and we could start out we'll we'll jump down a couple here and go to the out of bounds it's almost like we talked about it but i can assure you we never talked about it no not at all nope. so not much has really changed with that um the rule before was you get one meter perpendicular to whatever the out of bounds line is. Uh, the new rule is one meter away from wherever it goes out of bounds. So it's basically an arc. And you get one meter. You could take that meter straight at the basket if you want, because there's no real big deal. Obviously, you know, if there's a designated drop zone, you go there and that kind of stuff. But pretty straightforward. Or you could go back and do a rethrow. So with that arc, if you take that meter forward from where it went out, you could still theoretically only be a few inches from the out-of-bounce line, but it would potentially change your run-up angle is kind of what I'm assuming the theory behind that is. Potentially. It gives you more um, leeway. Because sometimes taking it perpendicular just throws you into a bush or a tree or something like that. So now you can kind of angle yourself maybe in front of that. Maybe angle it so that you have a clear line to the basket. Well, and I'm also thinking that that would be helpful if you're... I don't play any of these type of courses, but if you're playing something with an, you know, an island-style green or a peninsula-style green where you hit the front end and roll back into it, well, now you're not trying to figure out, okay, how, how can I take this lie... Uh, you can just go, okay, well, I went out here, so, okay, I'm going to take a, 
you know, a half a step forward back in bounds or something like that. Is that an accurate interpretation of the rule or is that uh, stretching it a little bit? Generally, I mean, uh, generally for an island, there's a drop zone. Yeah, right. So, right. For, if there's for not peninsula, a drop zone, the one that comes to mind for me is a uh, hole six at Sweeney. It's a 400 foot up to a peninsula shot with a pretty steep drop off, like angled away from the basket on all three sides and an angry goose along the backside. <laughs> yes, do not overshoot every, that hole. That's, every year, every year a goose finds their way back there. And every year, you know, usually in the spring, whenever they're nesting, I just go up there. I usually make it into circle one, see the goose and go, yeah, par's fine. I made this putt. <laughs> yep, the one time a gimme is okay. As long as it's not tournament play, like, yeah, that's in. I, yeah. I can assure you I hit my circle two 35-footer from there just because I don't want to risk going behind the hole. I mean, I haven't made one all day, but I made one today, or made one in that <laughs> hole. <laughs> yep. Little you just check mark. damn, I look good from 60 feet out because I'm not willing to go behind this hole. Wow, I've... <laughs> I've birdied this hole five times in a row. <laughs> Man, I I'm crushing these field aces from, you know, 80 feet out. <laughs> I'm assuming some of that rule also has to do with if you get rid of the word perpendicular. Yeah. It's less for people to argue about. It's also, oh, that's yeah. A, that's a 60 degree angle, not a 90 degree angle. Yeah. All right. It's a, it's, now it's a meter. You know? Sometimes like... I mean, you've seen it. Uh, well, you haven't been here since PFW, but some of the out-of-bounds lines that have been drawn, I, it looks like whoever drew them was, was half in the bag. They're like, well, <laughs> it's least. perpendicular from this spot, but if I was six inches further, it's definitely not perpendicular. I need well, to... I suppose, <laughs> I suppose a lot of that could come into play, too. Think if it comes to a right angle. Yeah, right? that's if one of the other things they talked there, about. And all of a sudden, you're out, but... You know, you're a meter out from where you went out, but you're only six inches from the back half. Now you can kind of take it and give yourself a little bit more room if you were to land in maybe a corner or something. So I suppose that's probably a good reason, too. Yep. Um, Another part of this rule, the director may announce relief greater than one meter from a particular out-of-bounds area on a hole. So something that comes to mind is the temporary course at PFW for the Mastodon. Nope, sorry, Fort Wayne Outfitters Open. They renamed it a couple years ago. Good tournament if anybody ever wants to come out to Fort Wayne to do it. Um, my, my first tournament. The uh, was it your first? first Wait, did, you play with Kayla? did you play with Kayla in that one or was Brian with Kayla on that one? Uh, I think Brian was. Brian was yeah. on that one. Okay. Um, but there's a couple holes where you're up against the fencing for the soccer field and for the baseball field. So you can, mm-hmm. I mean, the rule before that was you could take infinite relief back in a straight line from the basket. But you know, if there's some kind of hazard or something like at uh, three rivers open this last year, there were three different spots of hazard where there were ground hornets nests. Yeah. So they had that spray painted marked like crazy and you just, you played it casual. Well, I remember that was a rule a couple of years ago that they implemented too, with kind of casual water and stuff like that. Like as long as you're going away from the hole, and it's yep. not just to improve your shot, but to improve your footing. Yeah. You know, that type of stuff was legal in most tournaments. I mean, obviously, you know, your tournament director could, you know, modify things based off of the setting. But like that became one of the rules of like, yeah, you could take relief as to you know yeah. get out of the casual water, whether it's a meter, whether it's 10 meters, as long as it was kind of straight back from your lie. So, yeah. 
what was funny. And I think those are just quality of you know quality of life improvements. It doesn't affect the game. Mm-hmm. It, and it could be safety too, and, and, you know, depending on the situation. If there's yep. walls involved, out of bounds, you know, a lot of times these disc golf courses, you'll see barbed wire fencing, you know, to make sure that you're plenty clear, that kind of stuff. Casual water to make sure your footing's good. You know, I think there, there are changes that are going to be good for the game overall. Yeah. yeah. There was one tournament I played in. Um, there was a small, um, I would say, kind of like a, a drainage ditch that was full. And one guy, and that was played as casual. And where that landed, there was probably a 75 foot straight back, straight in line with the basket, and he backed up so far. Oh, really? Yeah. Because it was like <laughs> knee deep like water. That's like it's advantage of it a little bit. Well, it was knee deep water. It, no, it was just yeah. basically the way the, um, the ditch was lined. He had to go, oh, like, gotcha. if he didn't want to stand in water, he backed up another 75 feet. Uh, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. So that's also kind of funny. Was it, was it last year too? They implemented the rule that depending on the tournament, depending on your tournament director, that you could even take relief, you know, in certain places towards the hole. Right? Wasn't that a thing? Like if you're trying to overshoot water and you miss the water, you could actually take your drop from the other side and stuff like that. I mean, it's, yeah, it was the way very this, tournament specific. Yeah, and the way this one was set up, you basically everybody yeah. would have thrown in there because you would have been in circle one on a 400-ish foot hole through, like, not a bad tunnel shot, but one you had to pay attention to, essentially. So, um, I think... So, that was rule 806.02 out of bounds. Uh, We did talk about excessive time uh, last week, I thought. Yep. Yeah, a little bit. We touched on it. Basically, the rule change there is... uh, this is 802.3, part A, point number four. Uh, basically, your 30 seconds is when the playing area is clear, and it used to be worded uh, free of distraction. And so that old wording left it pretty easy to take advantage of the rule yeah. and just claim that there is a distraction. Yeah, I heard a car in the, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm just thinking about the courses that we play. <laughs> You'd never go. I mean, right, right, exactly. I mean, do you want to talk about, you know, PFW, which is in the woods, and, you know, will that acorn fell two holes over, or, you know... Or the seven show holes at Shof that are along the woods, or the yeah, street, I mean. Yeah. has got a couple that kind of follow the road. Or and, Tillman, I'm mm-hmm. thinking hole 12, you're 30 feet yeah. off the road for the tee box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for the tee box. Though they bring the yeah. hole a little further away, but yeah, you end up you angle away from that. But mm-hmm. overall, like right, yeah. I mean, distraction could be anything. Now, actually, I did have a question about this. Uh, now that we're talking yeah. about it, because at at Shof, yep. Um, one of the things that that we routinely do in casual rounds is we have to sit there and wait and wait. I mean, there'll be times where if we're playing casual rounds, it feels like we're waiting two, three minutes just because of cars going by. Would that be considered in this rule? And that, you know, once I would say that cars are because of so um, just for everybody. So they're clear. The T box is probably what, 10, 15 feet off the road. The, yeah, there's a couple holes like the basket ends up being about 30 feet off the road. 
And the popular route to throw is a forehand out over the road. Mm-hmm. And Which is out of bounds to help prevent you going from that direction. But, but no at mandatory. the same time, if there's no mandatory, that keeps you away from it. So I right. would probably say the playing area needs to be clear. I think that would fall under that. Yeah. Just because... And that would... Mm-hmm. You're going, it's a shorter hole. It's like 270 ish. One of them's 270. One of them's like 280 or something like that. Yeah. Maybe a little more variety than that, but 250 and 270, I think, something like that. They're they're relatively close. But Mm -hmm. the both holes, they're basically back to back. You throw out over the road. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you you have a forehand that can go parallel to the road. Yeah. Because the way the trees are set up, you're kind of playing Plinko and praying with the trees. If you go with the Heiser route. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Which there's, I <laughs> or you could kind of go straight at it, but then you're still kind of running yeah. the risk of it skipping into the road. If you get a Heiser skip, you're in trouble. My guess yeah. is where this rule is designed is obviously for the sake of the putting green. Oh, for sure. You know, yes. there's certain oh, professionals yeah. like Nico that are known for taking long putts. Yep. And I, I think it's a pretty understanding assumption amongst disc golfers Early on, they're not going to call you. If you take, yeah. you know, a minute to kind of make your first putt, whatever. It's as it continues to really slow the game down that people are going to care. Um, you know, for the sake of Nico, maybe they'll care a little bit more on the first yeah. hole just because they know what's coming. But, like, if I'm playing around with you guys and you're stuck of, like, ah, oh, I got a weird wood shot. Do I want a forehand? Do I want this? And all of a sudden it kind of takes you, you know, 30, 40, 50 seconds to decide. I'm not going to sit and call you guys out on a shot like that. I think a lot of it pertains to the putting green Yep. and waiting for that wind to die. So you have no wind on that putting green shot, mm-hmm. I yep. think is where this is probably pertaining the most to, but a lot of it's coming down to when you do get stuck in those woods, are you waiting for the right wind so that that tree branches and cutting in your way? And I think it just brings into the fact of most people aren't going to call you on that 30 seconds unless it becomes a continuous issue. If you're taking every time you end up in the woods, I'm taking a minute to decide where I'm throwing. All right, let's start this timer. Let's get things going. Yeah. yeah. And, and, if you're and taking, that's one of the things. Go ahead, Joe. Oh, I was going to say, and if you're taking like 35 seconds, no one's going to call you on that. No one's going to care that much, but it's really for those guys who play slow all the time. Like Nico's from what I can tell is really only slow on the green or like, hundred feet out from the green kind of thing where <laughs> someone like Gannon Burr is slow everywhere. And that's what Drew Gibson called him on at, uh, uh, US was no, not USD, uh, DGPT championship called him for excessive time because it was, it was bad. Like it was one of those, like, dude, we're five holes in, you need to kind yeah. of deal. And mm-hmm. Drew Gibson's one of the guys who's actually going to do that. I think, and some people were trying to say like, oh, you know, he's trying to be some alpha Chad douche kind of thing. And he really wasn't. He's following the rules. He's just mm-hmm. the only one who's going to say something. Well, yeah. and that's the thing, too, is it's I mean, there's following the rules and there's having some leeway. But if you're going to do it consistently. Yeah. Understand the rule. If you're a guy that takes 30 to 40 seconds to put work on speeding that up because it's going to get may not get called on hole one may not get called on hole two. If you're taking 45 seconds to putt and it's a windy day and it feels like you're just waiting for the wind, yeah, yeah I'm going to call you on it. Am I going to do it on hole one? I mean, in a tournament setting, potentially. 
you know, if I've played with you in a tournament, I know you do this all the time, potentially, and that's the thing. These pro golfers, they play with each other all the time. Oh, yeah. So they know it's it's not them just being an asshole. It's, all right, I'm not doing this shit all day again. We talked about that a little bit last week when I played with that amateur, that junior amateur yep. player who was very, very solid, but yeah. it threw me off my game. Yeah. And it was excessive. And, uh, like, that's just one of the things that I think will help coverage too where guys are just like sitting there and it's like okay all right let's go like i get it golf is golf is a slow game it's not football it's not (laughs) soccer it's not hockey but yeah like for the sake of your cameraman like you're talking about too it's like hey i gotta get to the next hole let's move on and as as the sport is growing and as it's getting a better media presence for the sake especially if as we're doing live media it's gonna make a big difference i mean the post-production stuff I, I've seen Joe Mez plenty of times start with Simon walk, or uh, Nico walking up to his putt. You can tell they cut it, and then they go back to his putt, so it looks like he's putting in two seconds. But you know he's sitting there taking 30 practice swings. Yeah. You know, it's just post-production, you don't think much of it, but especially as the sport's growing, you know they're going to get into live a little bit more. I, I think it's going to be a good thing for the sake of growing the sport way. publicly that way. Well, and again... You know, like I said last week, one of my favorite things from last year was watching the, I mean, again, it was post-production stuff um, on ESPN. It wasn't ESPN The Ocho. It might have been ESPN, uh, you know, Yates or something like that. But. They were on ESPN 2 and Dynamic Discs Open last year was, uh, or two years ago, with CBS Sports. Yeah, and, and, and just watching that stuff, I mean, yeah. It, it's a lot of fun to watch, but at the same time, if you're only ha- having one or two cameramen, and it's not something where, especially once you're, you're into live coverage, where you can go, you know, okay, we're going to go to hole five where Paul is getting ready to hit his upshot. And then, you know, he does that and then it's okay. Now we're going to go to hole or and Ricky's, you know, getting ready to hit a putt, and yeah. But if you have, you and know, then, if, oh, if you look, have a this, whole tournament, this no-name guy just threw in from, you know, two hundred feet on hole yeah. seventeen. You know, he's one of those bottom card guys, but like, it was a great shot. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, e- even in the tournaments that we play, Joe, mm-hmm. uh, that we've played together, how often has it been? Okay, we get to you know, the, the back nine of our card and it's like, okay, now we're waiting for, you know, two minutes, three minutes to tee off after the last hole, just sitting on the tee box. And and like you said, it it goes back to what you said, Ben, about it, it just messes with your game. If you're sitting there and you're in a groove, the last thing that you want to do is just sit there and wait for three minutes, you know, sitting on your hands going, Okay, how do I want to approach this shot? How do I, you know, it, it from yep. a sports psych and and from a, a physiological perspective, it just messes with you. And you know, I you know, like you said, there's leeway in it. I you know, in the tournaments that I've played, a lot of times there's been disc golfers that are a lot more experienced than I am that have been like, hey, you know, are, are we okay with giving a little bit of leeway on, you know however long to find your disc because we know it's here. We know it's yeah. in, in this 50 foot radius or whatever. And, but 
And we're and, not you know, playing with spotters like they are in the pro tournament. Too. Right, and, exactly. Well, and at a C tier, this is one thing I definitely learned. At a C tier in league, you know, that rule, you could call someone on it. It's kind of rough. I, I played a B tier and two, three, technically, A tiers this year. And holy crap, at those A tiers, man, those guys are on it for that three minutes. That card behind you. Yeah. It is. Oh, I bet. It is. I bet. Rough. Yeah. Um, but also but understandable. As the, as the tournament gets bigger, though, you typically get more workers. You get some more spotters. Yep. It becomes a little bit less of an issue. When you're this playing C tiers, your volunteers are running the registration tent, running yep. your merchandise tent. The hard that's part about was it. Uh, this was a hole you probably shouldn't have needed as a spotter. There was a wood line all along the right-hand side, and the whole left, everything left, was wide open. You know, a handful of trees here and there. But if you throw a backhand and don't turn it over, you're, you're golden. And you're throwing up, you're probably 70 feet higher than the basket. It's a 400-foot hole, but it's all, like, it's downhill 70 feet. Right. So it, it's not, it doesn't play 400, and one guy just turned it oh he got too excited he's like i can crush this one and just took something understable and we're like there it goes see ya you're just bringing up bad memories for me with uh three rivers open when i had a three-stroke lead going into the final nine yep after two days and was killing it and i was shooting the best golf of my life and then i put up a nine on a single par four yep. because i was determined i could hit a forehand turns out I cannot hit a pressure forehand, so if I'm in a pressure situation, I just need to throw a putter straight and just deal with it, taking an extra stroke. If I just shoot a five there, I win that tournament. I only yep. lost the tournament by three strokes, and I shot a yep. nine on a single hole. If I even just take a putter and throw it 30 feet at a time, I get a six and I win the tournament. Yeah, it just yep. it took, And it was the freaking second hole on that nine, and I had to, to spend the entire back nine trying to bring that score back into hand, and I got it back. Yeah, but just it, it took enough. me out of my game, and yeah, so you're, yeah, when one side of the hole is completely open, and you determine to push that out of bounds line because you're determined you can do it. But it's a backhand. Ugh. That's the difference. Is yeah, pretty yeah. much every player has a backhand. I am one of those rare exceptions. I was <clears throat> one of those rare exceptions. My, my wife speaking. falls in that category. <laughs> um. So yeah. That ha that actually happened to me. The Three Rivers Open I played bef the year before that, or two years before that. I played rec mm -hmm. first tournament. Didn't even really know the rules. I was learning them on the fly. <laughs> not that I not that I like I ever played bad or anything. It was just like, hey, you need to speed it up, kind of thing. Although mm -hmm. generally speaking, I am a very fast disc golfer because the more I think about whatever, the worse I will do. But I remember, <laughs> like, I started on hole. <laughs> We were at Sweeney West, and I started on, like, 16 or 17. And okay. I was, you know, I was doing great. I was getting birdies. I was like, all right, I'm great. I get to hole six, and I throw a snowman. <laughs> I recall that tournament. That was the one that you won that justice on, I think, right? Yeah, that was, was that only because... Was the first year had... you moved to Fort Wayne, and then we joined shortly after? Or was that a year after that? It was, it was before that. I, ended, okay. I the only reason I won that was because I happened to get a program with like the sticker in it kind of thing. Yeah, but that was that same year, yep. I think, right? Yep. But uh, so there is one more part to the successive time. It is 
uh, part C, and I'm just going to read this whole through whole thing through, and then give you the background as to why it's in here now. You know, I feel like we should have left the excessive time rule for the end of the episode as we go into extra. <laughs> it just made you know a little bit more casual fun there. No kidding. Uh, a player uh, may request extra time from the group to take a bathroom break. If the player does not return in a reasonable amount of time, the player is considered missing for the hole. Receives a score of par plus four for the hole. So one tournament, bathroom breaks. One tournament, Paul Macbeth. <laughs> Paul Macbeth actually had to go to the bathroom and had to like run across the street to some taco place to use their bathroom. And so I forget who it was on his card, but like was getting pissed about that and was like throwing a fit. It's like, dude, yeah, I mean, I poop. Yes, <laughs> I could see, but like, I, I understand. But yeah, there's just some things you don't have control over. Yeah, if somebody, if we're in the middle of a tournament, and guys, like, hey, I got to poop. I'm not going to stop him. So what's he going to do? <laughs> He's going to poop on the tea pad? Like, no. Yeah, you get well, extra time if it's requested. Uh, I'm not feeling it right here. I'm in the groove. You need to hold it. Like, yeah. well, what we were playing around this summer before my uh, reception, and we were trying to get Ben's disc back. And all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, guys, we, we're, we're about uh, we're about two holes from the end. <laughs> I got to go get ready for my rehearsal. <laughs> and poop <laughs> i got i gotta go uh, i'll catch up with you guys later <laughs> my thing is that disc is still up in the tree at least uh, as far as i know i don't i have never gotten I, a call i tried to look for it when i played there probably a month ago now i couldn't find it but i i know i know the hole and i know roughly where it was and i couldn't see it i mean it was hard to find even when we yeah. saw it land and had the exact tree exact branch it was on you could barely see it with the angle yeah, it and hit. i'm trying to walk into the woods going i remember standing here and vaguely looking in this direction <laughs> and yeah yeah it was way okay. up there i will also say i'm really just imagining all Macbeth being like oh gosh i gotta go and sprinting over to the Taco Bell across the street and going in like the nastiest Taco Bell bathroom that you can think of. I'm thinking a bit more like Jurassic Park style with the guy who runs out before the T-Rex. It's like, when you gotta go, you gotta go. And this Listeners, is where the podcast was doing okay. We were doing so much better. And, it's and all right of a back sudden, when I look at the statistics one. at the... Uh, 26 minute uh, mark yep. for some reason everybody stopped listening so, yeah, 25 <laughs> minutes everyone was logging off we were getting 25 good minutes of views and everybody yep. quit don't know why <laughs> uh they completely... we promise it'll get better maybe sort of probably not <laughs> so they completely reworked the mando uh rule this is 804.1 um because of some issues at worlds i think it was with Paige pierce yes sir it's mandatory to drink now. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this is the one that, if I'm not mistaken, I've seen more controversy online about. I haven't looked into it. That's yeah. one thing you and I talked about. You read the rules. I am coming in blind. I just know there was people arguing about this rule somehow, so, some way. With what happened to Paige is they weren't 100% certain <laughs> if she made the Mando or not. Because it was basically where she was throwing from, the angle everybody was at. It was like, yeah, maybe. But then when you looked at it on camera, it was like, yeah, no, because she went above like the tree or the pole or whatever. OK, like played a hyzer line. Yeah, it was so high idea. up where right. you couldn't really tell. Yeah. Like from the angle that they were standing at, but 
from a different angle, it's like, well, yeah, no. So part A is a mandatory route restricts the path, you know, straightforward there. Um, the restricted space is a vertical plane marked by one or more objects or other markers that define the edges of the space. So like pull on the ground, it goes infinitely high, which is what I thought mm -hmm. it always was. I kind of assumed yeah. that it was like the baseball foul pole where yep. that yeah. thing just extended all the way up or, you know, the, the goalpost in football where that thing just extended all the way up. Yep. It's, it's infinitely a plane across with a football touchdown. Like that's kind of, yeah, my mind is it, where the, you have to understand where that line is, but it's, that's where it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's hard to, I mean, it's not like you're ever going to know unless you put somebody standing right under the pole, like they do in the NFL, you know? Yeah. Um, and then part C is if a throw clearly and completely enters the restricted space, the player receives one penalty throw. The lie for the next throw is the drop zone for that mandatory. If no drop zone has been designated, the lie is the next is the lie for the next throw is from the previous lie. So if you miss the mando on what is that seven at Shof, you just re tee. Uh, so this this means like if you go. Is it six? It is six. Yeah. I guess six. Yeah, yeah. six or seven. Yeah. It six doesn't goes matter. up. We're the, the only ones who know. That <laughs> yeah. We're that's the only true. ones who knows. It doesn't matter. So basically. Uh, it was definitely if, seven. Yeah, totally. If you miss the Mando before the way it was, like if you miss the Mando, but you cut rolled and you came back around, you're all good. You know? Like we've okay. had that happen before. Like, you know, you throw a bad shot. It it just passed the Mando, but somehow like it kicks back love. around and then you're yep. back in front of the Mando and you just take it from there. You can't do that anymore. Once it goes past the Mando, it's like an invisible wall, basically like the end zone. Okay. Once you're in, you're in kind of deep. Interesting. You can't come back out. So I, I, I guess I personally don't like that rule. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I guess it also hits the harsh. I guess it also hits uh, if you hit the zone, you hit a tree and roll back out of the zone, you would already hit it. Yeah. You know, I'm sure that works in that sense where maybe you hit the zone but hit a tree just past your mandatory, it yeah. drops, rolls behind the mandatory, but hey, you already hit it, you're good. You don't have to go through it again. That's it was supposed to be the other half of it. So for as much as it could hurt, it could also really help because if you end up back, you know, you make the mando. You go around it, but all of a sudden you have a clear line to the right, but you mando because you're technically behind it, you have to go left. I mean, I guess I could see both sides of it. If that's the way I would assume I'm assuming with the new rule, once you're through, you're through. That's the way if the mando is a big tree, you hit a branch on the back side of that tree, it hits and rolls back behind the mando. Yeah. You've already hit the mando. That's how I would read it. Is if it hurts you. It can also help you. The way they describe it is it's a vertical plane. So I, I like to think of it as like the uprights. Mm -hmm. Once you go through, you're through kind yeah. of deal. So you're good. That's how I understand it. Now, I'm sure there are going to be crazy situations that happen and there will be definitely yeah. a clarification. But mm -hmm. I honestly haven't seen it happen too often where you're you miss the Mando, but then you come and cut roll back behind. like. Six at Shof, I've seen it happen a little more often only because of the hill. There's a slight yeah. hill there where if you get on edge, you can roll back to safety. 
essentially. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of what the Mandos are in Fort Wayne, and I'm just like, yeah, I can't really imagine 13 in show. doing that. I think if you throw really nose up, right? Yeah. Bad shot, you go throw nose up, you clear the Mando technically, but you come up into the tree branches, hit and drop straight down. Yeah. You end I up on the edge that. and roll back. Yeah. Now, if you end up rolling back, chances are you're going to go to the same side as the Mando, but every now and then if you roll and it's just a better shot from the other side, if you've already hit your Mando, you've already hit your Mando. That's what so, it sounds like. That's, yeah. I mean, I could see that being... No. It would yeah. suck for the guy that gets the tree love and comes back, and he's going to want to argue that, nah, it never passed, but you get the tree love, you kick back, and you have that chance to shoot, good for you. It sucks, mm-hmm. but whatever. But it could really potentially save someone in those situations, too. So I think it, it's really probably yeah. just a matter of that's what they've always intended. So and it just clarifies it. Reading the little notes that they had in here, before it was based on where the disc stopped. Not so much the route. So kind of like what I was saying, you go past, but you somehow cut roll back and you're good. Now it's if it enters that zone at all, you know, go yeah. to the drop zone or re or whatever, however that all works. Yeah. Which I'm I sure will lead to arguments a little bit, but probably. I mean, that's what's also nice when you have the tournament director. They decide yep. that's what the ruling is. And throw a provision. If you're not sure, throw the provisionary. Talk about it at the end of the round. Yep. And, do and that's that's one rule that no one should ever forget about throwing a provisional. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing because your card could very well be wrong. You could be wrong. Yep. It never hurts to throw that second shot. Now, before you throw it, clarify with your card. I'm throwing a provisional shot just in case. Yep. You know, if you throw an extra disc, you get stroked and all that kind of fun stuff. But now, yeah. I will say it almost feels like this is a case where the rules are now trying to clarify the spirit of the rule. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's how I am seeing. And that's what I've noticed yeah. with a lot of the more recent rule changes is they're less of a rule change and more of a better description of what they actually meant in yes. the first place. Yeah. A lot of times they're getting rid of the fluff, if that makes sense. Yeah. They're cutting yeah. it down. Instead of it being two paragraphs, it's now like four bullet points. And yeah. it's like, oh, okay, I get that now. That's that's so much, that's a lot more straightforward kind of thing. And somehow the four bullet points are clearer than a full paragraph. Yes. Because yeah. well, yeah, sometimes they just start bringing in too many scenarios, and it's like, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> Please. It, it's... It, what, what was the uh, Supreme Court's definition of pornography? You'll know it when you see it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes with some of these rules, that's kind of how it felt. <laughs> yeah. And that's um, the thing. Like, when it comes to something like this, I do not envy the person that has to come up and edit this rule book every year because 90% of that rule book is stuff you're never going to see it around. Yep. What's but for this? that one time it happens, you yep. have to have a ruling so it's played yeah. the same way every time. Mm-hmm. I want to say it's usually in October-ish, maybe November, they will publish on the PDGA website, like, here are the rule changes we're proposing for next year, comment, kind of thing. Yeah. And, and I so, think that's a good idea. It's a good way, like, the sport is still the right size, you can do something like that. Plus, all those is, guys... Is at the, the NFL going to put it out to their viewers? 
no. <laughs> but they have guys who literally, I mean, referees literally <laughs> go to school. And yes. Yeah. Well, and they also have huge committees that do it. Yes. Right now, disc golf is a size where yes. you could break it down to committees, absolutely, and probably get some and more they, definite. There are. But at the same time, it's a small enough where you can still reach a mass majority of your people. There's Send a, out an email to your certified PDPA members are there now? Uh, oh, just over 200,000 numbers have been given out. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah, as far as active. Active, yeah. who knows? But. Active, yeah. probably maybe half that, best case scenario. Yeah, so I mean, very much so a situation where the, you know, the membership is small enough that there's, and you, know, you, you can go to your members and say, what do you think about this? Which is, yeah. I mean, in fairness, that is kind of what the NFL, the NBA, the, yeah. you know, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. j- does. They go to their members. their coaches associations. Yep. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And there, um, there are rules committee. There is a rules committee for the PDGA. There's a handful of people on it. But how do you know, like. We talk, we this happened to us all the time. We could say something and it makes perfect sense to the three of us, but then mm-hmm. as soon as you say it, everybody's like, Wait, whole podcast. A second. yeah, exactly. I was gonna say, this podcast, <laughs> podcast. <you're talking? laughs> makes sense yeah. to the three of us, but everybody we else ramble on going, for an hour, like, Hey, we had a great time. People watch, like, What the hell are these guys talking about? And then you get people <laughs> going, like, It's like they're trying to communicate with us. <laughs> well. Speaking of communicating, do we want to communicate our our next uh, point and, and move on from getting into the nitty gritty of the rules? Yeah. Um, yeah are you calling yeah. us out on the time thing already? Well, on, Come on now. On top of that, one, one last thing <laughs> I was going to say. Use our 30 seconds on this topic? Yeah. Uh, one last thing I was going to say. I think it's closer about to 30 minutes. Was uh, um, how many people. It, from Of the active members, how many people actually go to the PDGA website? And look at that stuff. Like, I go there every day, but that's because of the podcast and the news site. Before I started that, I went to the website once a month for for ratings updates and I haven't played to this renew. Tournament. I go there once a year to renew. Yeah. So I don't go there at all because I'm not a member. Yeah. Well, get on that shit. Um, there's, they got a whole bunch of I would, of stuff but I'm here. waiting for 300,000. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be, be that number. Yeah, yeah, I want to be 250,000 on the dot. Otherwise, I'm waiting till 3K, or till 300K. <laughs> yep. Uh, they have a whole thing about misplays. So if you, at the start of a round, if you're not there, essentially, you get, uh, uh messed up. R plus four. Okay. You know, um, if you're missing, so you get there kind of thing. Yeah. If a player's missing, if they're there with the start of the group and is now missing, they get their 30 seconds and then par plus four. So if you're there for hole one and then for some reason you're not there for hole two, you get your 30 seconds on the box. You're not there. Oh, well, you had to go run to the bathroom. Yeah. But if you didn't tell anyone, kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming where that comes in is, you know, we played in tournaments where all of a sudden you have a four group backup on a hole. Yep. All right. Maybe I'm going to go back and look for that disc since no one's, you know, since I have time, I got probably got 10 minutes before I got to throw, I'm going to go look for it. And then they don't come back. Yep. I'm sure that's probably where people go missing from tournaments. 
it could have potentially something to do with injury if you had to run back. And I would assume for the sake of injury, if you had to run back to your car, get a Band-Aid or something like that, people would be understanding. Yeah. But for the sake of tournament, trying to keep things moving, I can absolutely see why those are put in play. Casual round, does that can ever come up? No. I mean, none casual of rounds really come up in casual anyway. Who gives a crap? Uh, yeah. Well, unless you're trying to jump putting you know. inside the circle. <laughs> <laughs> well... Actually, Ben made a point that I kind of want to get on a soapbox on. Uh-oh. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, running to your car to get a Band-Aid. Why is it that, especially at the big tournaments, that we don't have, you know, some type of, of big medical coverage? Money. Yeah, I, I know I know the actual <laughs> reason. But, but really, Some of it could be, too, what's your risk of high injury? I mean, if you think about it, for the sake of tournaments, your heat stroke is probably your biggest risk of injury. You're telling me that the PDG or the, the PGA doesn't have someone at oh, well, Masters and the U.S. Open at the pro at DGPT events. They have someone. You're yeah. right. You're right. That's yeah, we're gonna that's fair, but... or something along those lines. Uh, one of the one of the guys. I'm blanking on his name. He the guy is from disc a. Golf he, the disc golf strong guy. Um, oh, it actually is. <laughs> yeah. He's a personal he trainer, EMT. He was a medic in the Coast Guard. Okay, so he does have some medical he's training. He's got a background. I don't know if any of that is, like, I don't know if he's kept up his EMT license. Okay. His certifications and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. But at the very least, I can guarantee he keeps up his BLS, his American Heart. CPR oh, yeah. first day, I mean, which that's, at that point, that's about all you need because you're not going to be able to offer anything else. And you're calling, yeah, you're going to be anyway. calling a squad anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I would assume, or at least I would hope if you're a running a big tournament, I'm thinking DDO, I'm thinking Idlewild, I'm thinking Las Vegas challenge, you know, big tournaments that they have the mindset to maybe call their local squad and say, Hey, we're going to have a lot of people out here playing a lot of physical activity just as a heads up ahead of time. Yep. You know, all three of us are athletic trainers. If we have a big cross country event, we're calling our local squad to, Hey, just so you know, this is happening. Not that we necessarily need you to be on site because we understand we'd have to pay you to be on site, but be aware to potentially be in the area. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, a, that's just good emergency protocol, but B at a, at something like that, you get all of a sudden get like, thunderstorm or something where people are out on the course that's happening you could a be talking about yeah i mean you could be talking about the potential for for like a mass casualty event yeah. i mean i don't think that anyone's gonna you know go in <clears throat> and bomb the 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 you know ddo like uh you know the boston yeah. marathon or something there's not but, people there disc golf is popular but it is not Right, popular. exactly. That that's not going to be necessarily a target of that. Some, you know. But I mean, a, a bridge collapses, stands. Cl- I mean, you have to yeah. think that there's contingency plans at that level. And I'm sure there are. I, but I would love to see, you know, especially your A, B, you know, maybe even your C tiers, some type of medical coverage where it's like, oh, hey stepped on a stick and you know gashed my leg open because yeah. i was trying to to play play a uh a lie that was stupid far away 
or you know, the stupid far yeah. out in the the and thing. I would love to see that. At every tournament I, I've ever been at, there's been medical coverage. It's usually <laughs> the guy on my card, which is me. But <laughs> well, yeah. yes, same. I have always been medically covered and medically cl- covering my card. But, the uh, uh, the one I, 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 so. the I, band-aids. Think, I think the bigger on ones are better. Yeah, oh. I've got my bag here. I want to make sure that I actually have band-aids in here before I say this, but oh, I'm pretty sure I have band-aids there. in my bag constantly. I yeah. definitely do not. <laughs> I really should have a first aid kit in there considering, you know, I know how to use all that stuff. Well, and you have a cart now too. Yeah. You have yeah. the space for it. I have so yeah. many more what discs now. <laughs> do you have more discs or do you just carry more discs? I carry more backups is what it is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, well, for the so, tournaments. Yeah, that's fair. That's the worst fair. the worst thing that happened to me was whole one, the first tournament I played back in 2020, like after tournaments started getting up and going again. Hole one, easy forehand shot over a creek. I turn over my old justice, my beat-in justice, turn easy. it over in the creek. That's my only justice. That's definitely words that 90% of the listening population has never heard of. Turn over a justice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, that, that was the one that I had for like three not years. be turned over. I had that, that one That is like why I years. carry a jade for my lucid air escape. But I will now, say that is why I carry a jade. Now in my bag, I have two justices. I've got two Emac truths. Uh, some of my like distance drivers, I don't have backups, but I could make. You know, I've got a sheriff, a trespass, and a captain. Depending on which way yeah. the wind is blowing, I could make any one of those work for the other most likely. Well, in the worst case, you back hurt? speed up or speed down. For carrying the team or what? Oh, I mean, mainly for carrying this podcast, but also for carrying every disc <laughs> that you own. <laughs> Why do you think I have a cart? <laughs> yeah, but he's got a cart. He's got to pull a stroller along with him nowadays. He doesn't have to carry have, anything. Uh, I start him young. I also have two putting putters, two throwing putters, however you want to classify the slammer and the harp, and then the blowfly. Approach. Yeah, the blowfly. And what is the blowfly? It is. That's one I have not heard of. That is by DGA, I think. Do you remember my classic super soft slammer? No. Yeah. It was basically, uh, Matt Bell used to do this when he was sponsored by DGA. But now he's infinite. Um, I think he's infinite. Eh, whatever. Uh, basically, it's a super soft plastic. You could ball it up like a baseball and throw it. Is that legal? Yeah. There's Technically, I think that this just has to start in the air, I think, is really all it takes for a legal throw. Yeah, so you can just ball it up. Basically, like, there's a way to fold it in on itself. And then when it hits the ground, it like explodes open and basically just stops. I've done it a couple times, and then I have the guard, which is an ultimate disc, essentially, but, you know, disc golf-sized. Hey, hey Joe, what are you doing tomorrow? Uh, going to work. Oh, I want to try this, what what, what, what was it called? The blowfly? The blowfly. Uh, Sorry, I'm also taking a picture here for Instagram. There we go. It's the important things, trying to keep up that streak. So far, one post every single day is my uh, goal for 2022. I have no Instagram. It's something I want to get into, I think, for the sake of this. It's fine. I have Plus, no Instagram, and it's I something I don't want to get into. 
Yeah, I found out for the sake of my high school, they have been posting pictures of me on Facebook or on Instagram, I've heard from my athletic director. So I'm curious to see how awful I look in those situations. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you ran on the court. I took a picture of you. It was awesome. I had lots of positive comments. I'm like, oh, God, what do I look like? Like, I don't think about what I look like when I'm doing my work stuff. Yeah. I'm definitely not picture ready to say that. I I just have a podcast. So, yeah. I just have a bunch of my coaches following me on Twitter uh, because I, I like a bunch of my AD's tweets about, you know, oh, so-and-so came in third at girls wrestling state and stuff like that. Um, I'm just like, oh, I like that and share it to my 10 followers okay. on Twitter. Yep. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you're, you're one of like three. I was like, don't. <laughs> So, yeah, don't. <laughs> it's um, not worth it. I promise. Two smaller rule changes that actually made up uh, a big discussion here that a lot of people are getting mad at. Now, to sign up, previously to sign up for a tournament for a major, an elite series, or an A tier, you had to be a PDG, PDGA member. Now, it's B tier and up. You have to be a member. That makes sense. I would which, say that makes sense. I mean, people are getting. I can mad. see where frustration comes in, but it's trying to help grow the sport. Yeah. And then when I forget who it was looked at it, this affects like a very small population of people in B tiers, mm-hmm. and it's mostly yeah. for tracking money and avoiding. Well, I mean, a side benefit is avoiding sandbaggers, essentially. Yep, and a lot of it's going to come down, I'm sure, to your recs. And a lot of that, too, is, I mean, at B-tiers, I'm sure there's B-tiers that are pushing their population limit. Yep. And if, so, if your first you know, tournament is a B-tier, you're not doing something right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, C-tiers there's too many C-tiers available. C-tier yeah, as, as, as a non-PDGA member, that makes total sense to me. Yeah. Because... I don't think it's fair for me to come in and take a spot in Free Rivers Open is the one that, that we've talked about. Yep. I don't think it's fair for me to come in and take a spot from someone that is a member, is a, you know, it knows the rules really well. Yep. I mean, I, I think I know the rules really well. I know the general rules. But I'm certainly not an expert. I haven't taken any type of test on them. I don't I mean, the I'm sure there's one. Well, a lot of things are a joke, but I took I mean, it. I'm sure it. it wasn't hard. <laughs> it cost me. $10. I'm sure. I'm sure there are things that I don't know that, you know, I could probably get called on in, in a B tier or an A tier. Not to mention, I mean, those those tier events are usually at tougher courses. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to a um, you know to a Ledgestone or an Idlewild to play in an event because I would absolutely hate it. Yeah, I would be miserable trying to play in that. I mean, we, we've talked about I don't like playing at Tillman because I know it would just kick my butt. So, you know, for for me, it doesn't make sense for me as a non-PDGA member, someone who's, 
yep. who likes to go and play the sport casually. And who, who, who plays in a tournament every, you know, maybe three tournaments a year or something like that. Yeah, three sanctioned where, tournaments. Yeah, three sanctioned tournaments. I mean, I, I, I love playing the Trilogy Challenge. Um, that is actually where I got some of my first discs. Uh, that one's a good one. Two Disc Challenge is another good one. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know, some, some doubles tournaments, some yeah, you know, random random the stuff like that. Maxton Haunt this year wasn't sanctioned, and that was a that was, was a really fun tournament. It was essentially oh, a C tier. It's it is probably my favorite course in Fort Wayne. Um, when it's not in Fort Wayne, well, yes, correct. <laughs> it is it is right across from where I work. So this summer. You can bet that when I go in for uh, summer conditioning, that my dog putting in some long hours at uh, (laughs) at work. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, my dog's coming with me, and we're gonna go play disc golf after work. Yeah, that's one thing. Every morning, I'm now in a town that has actually a really nice disc golf course, and it's one of the best in the area. Nice. So I'm like, sweet. I'm now in the town. So rather than what's normally a 20 minute drive, it's 30 seconds. It's pretty much across the street. So I'm going to do my morning coverage. I'll be done at 11 o'clock noonish, And then, hey, I'm going to go disc golf before I come home. And I think RJ has a 30 second walk. Yes. Or shorter if he's at the football field. (laughs) Yeah. The disc golf course is literally attached. It's not literally attached. It's in the park that is across the street from my football field. Street is kind of a strong word, too. It's a gravel road. Yeah. It is absolutely a gravel it's road. It's a street the same way that those roads inside a park are streets. Yes. Technically. It's across the alleyway. Yeah, essentially. Yes. Yes. Um well well when I was covering so when I was covering football practices this um this fall, and there were there were people that were coming and throwing to get ready for that Max and Hunt that uh Joe was talking about. I'm just sitting there watching them from across the road at, at football practice being like, Oh, I hate them so much. Yeah, I just want to go play. Tournament too. Oh, I, I love that course. It is. It was fun. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it is one of my favorite courses. It, it suits me really well. Um, if anyone is ever in Butler, Indiana, <laughs> which if you've never heard of it, you're not alone. Uh, that's not where is. Butler. Yeah, I was going to say it's not Butler is. University, or University that people know her. Oh, yeah. Home of home of the East Side Blazers. Uh, yeah. The Blazers. Um, um, <laughs> well, but anyway, I think uh, I think the uh, next thing here. So we've got about. Like, what were we talking about? I don't even remember. <laughs> we were finishing up the rules. This was but, a mandatory rule, wasn't it? <laughs> we yeah, yeah that's what it felt like. <laughs> mandatory drinks. Um, Actually, I'm running low. I might have to go. Even with bringing extra, I'm still almost out. That's why I brought the bottle today. Uh, I just brought the bottle of wine. So we've got... Gotta learn. Gotta learn. We've got a hard cap at 20 minutes left. Oh, boy. we don't have a podcast next week. (laughs) What was our our topic list? (laughs) Uh, I'm going to jump ahead to... I think we're on number two. Chris Dickerson to Discraft. I'm going to skip number two and go to number three. Yeah. Yeah, we can talk about that one later. Yeah. What was number two? Disc Golf uh, Alley. Disc Golf Alley. Oh, yeah, we'll get back to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so Dickerson, coming from... I don't remember. Prodigy. Prodigy? Yep. Okay. Prodigy decided to pretty much put all the eggs in the Kevin Jones basket. 
And yeah, the way he played last year, it's not an awful idea. He wasn't. Dickerson, hey, Dickerson did better on the year. Kevin Jones Bigger was just kind of up and down. Bigger stealing for Jones. Yeah. So, so anyway. But this, here's the thing. Is he's still Dickerson. top 10 in the world. Dickerson. Oh. Dickerson? Yeah. Really? One of the most consistent players out Very there. Very consistent. That is something that you pointed out was that he finished. He has the second longest. Like. He plays tournaments. If he's going to play a tournament, he's cashing. He's making the cash line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like a couple of years like, running. Yeah. So, yeah. I talked a little bit about this on, on my other podcast where mm-hmm. it's valued at over seven figures. So it's valued at eight figures. Well, <laughs> at, at least it, it, I think his wording was seven right. figures plus. Um, right. Which they didn't release any numbers. Mm-hmm. And he said that he will be making enough guaranteed money that his family would live very comfortably. Yeah. He Looking at that, he got an RV. Discraft is going to take care yeah. of the maintenance, the gas, that kind of stuff. There's no cap on money he makes out of this. Like, and yeah. I've never heard of anyone really being capped. I don't know anyone who would send sell that many discs. Maybe like a Macbeth. After, uh, Nate, but he was all the he's still uncapped. But yeah. the, you know what I mean? Like all the claws. Like you mean every other disc has the claws on it that's in his bag. It feels yeah. like so. I could see him potentially if they put a cap on it. I could see him meeting a cap. I doubt, though. Maybe maybe someone they, like Eric McCabe, because the disc is named after him with the EMAC judge, maybe he has a cap on how much he can make for you. I can see uh, something like that potentially, but... I mean, like, if a, yeah. if a disc is 25 bucks, the player's getting, like, four or five bucks. Yeah. And then the manufacturer's probably getting 10-ish, and then the distributor is getting probably 10-ish. Yeah. And that's all pre-tax. Not and all including that kind of fun, shipping, pre-tax all those costs. And, and, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I could be completely wrong. I mean, you know, Discraft would love to sell everything straight from their website, cut out the middleman. Mm-hmm. So, but that's not happening. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. Uh, There's, but, you know, Discraft is in Walmart and Dicks and yeah. no, in you know, is. Well, I still see Discraft and Dynamic There's, Discs in a more. lot of starter sets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but kind usually, of going back to the topic. It's a yeah. darn good move for Dickerson, I personally think. Going to a little bit bigger company, he's showing the consistency. Now he can grow his brand a little bit bigger, a little bit better. And you know, obviously, it's hard to say as far as money-wise, you know, kind of comparing. And I don't want to compare because what some people think a $1,000 per year increase is, is some people's $10,000 per year increase. Yep. If he feels like it's comfortable for his family, it gives him the RV, which allows him to go on tour with his consistency in cashing and tours. It potentially increases his earning rate throughout the year, strictly based on tours. Yep. This craft, I have to assume, as just a general whole, sells better than Prodigy. So if he has money on discs, he's going to make more money in from the disc sales. Oh, I yeah. think for Dickerson's sake, I think it's a really good move. And I think for Discraft to have someone that does a consistent finisher, mm-hmm. you're not going to need a big name. You already have Macbeth. You already have Paige Pierce. Yeah. You're not going to get bigger names in the sport. Nope. Yeah. yeah so now you have Ricky. No offense to yeah. Chris. <laughs> 
But yeah, but I mean, you already have the biggest names in the sport. Now yeah. you're just bringing consistency. All right, Discraft is now finishing top ten. Everything between Macbeth, between Age, yep. between Dickerson. It's a good move, I think, on Haley both King of their parts. Too? Does it suck for oh, Prodigy? Yeah. Probably. No, I can't imagine Prodigy is. I can't Prodigy. imagine Prodigy's happy, happy about losing a top tier consistent Prodigy finisher. Has lost a lot. They lost Chris Dickerson and they lost um, Katrina Allen. And those yeah. are two huge names for them. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like you said, I, Kevin Jones is the other big name that comes to mind. And then you have to kind of look a little bit. He's got, well, he's got high potential. He just needs to get over that hump. He's right talking there. Jones. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what I would say about Discraft's team now is They're it's solid. not so much about filling that top end talent. It's kind of think about it like an MLB rotation. You you have your ace. You have your ace on both the MPO and the FPO side. If you want to call that your rotation, you have your ace and you have your sub ace. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now it's about filling out those three through five spots. Yep. yep. Now it's about filling out the bottom of that rotation. Yeah. And I but think it's a I think it's talent, a win win for the signing. I think yeah. so. Plus, I, I doing, think it's they're doing more with his social media. Because he really isn't on social media, even though his and wife, that's exactly it. His wife is one of the photographers for the Disc Golf Pro Tour, and takes amazing photos. <laughs> and I just I find it a little hilarious that he's not on. He is on Instagram, but not like like he could be crushing yeah. it with those. For a wife photos. as a photographer, he should be everywhere. You would assume, yeah. right? But that's not right. his personality, and I can I can understand that. It's just kind of funny that like that's how that went. You know, yeah. I remember reading something too with him, his wife, and their dog got signed to like a deal. I don't know if it was for a big company or a non-discount. I, I remember, I yeah. just remember reading that. Like when I was reading about the Dickerson signing, like, I remember here. reading something about like you know him, his wife, and all of a sudden there was yeah. another Dickerson name, and then they showed the picture of the dog. Like, oh, that's who that is. Yep. I think it was like for a big company. Maybe I may be wrong, I but like maybe. And that's the thing, too, is when you're kind of get with a bigger company, it may open doors for maybe non-disc, you know, disc golf related things. Or uh, you look at potentially some bags, you know, when you look at disc, you know, the one I know for sure is um, Dynamic Discs pairs up with Ogeo, who's, you know, you know, if you can get the, you know, that Ogeo brand disc golf, you know, that's where the bags come from. If you get a non-disc golf sponsorship they're already kind of a shoe in because you're already using one of their products anyways. Yep. You know, so I don't and know was, if Discraft has those kind of partnerships also. Yeah. And, and that was a point that I thought was really interesting on Joe's podcast was when do we start seeing the Under Armors, the Nikes, the Adidas, the we're et cetera, still a et cetera. Ways out, I, think. I mean, yeah, we're definitely still a little ways out from that, but when do you start seeing Ricky Wysocki, you know, wearing Adidas on yeah. his shirt? Not when, just I mean, because it's a comfortable in, polo, but because Adidas right. is giving him a check. Right, he brought exactly. in Bushnell. Yeah. He brought in Bushnell in the last year but let's, with the rangefinders that's starting that process. Let's be real, though, on that one. Like, the range, I have a rangefinder. It's awesome. I love it. But how hard was it for them to just tweak something in the software instead of yards, it's now feet? And just how hard, how smart of them. Oh, no, I'm not saying, no, I'm just saying, like, that was a genius move for the amount of effort they had to put in to reach a whole new market of people. And right now, is it a small market? Yes. Compared to golf, 
Disc golf is a tiny market. Uh, golf but and, they were ones you weren't uh, selling before. And, you weren't selling it before, and now automatically you're selling it. Yep, and that's you know and it's only going to go up from there. That's and kind of what's on my Christmas list that didn't cost you that much. That return on investment was huge. Yeah, that took someone three days to figure out in one of their rooms. Yeah, it took yeah. one programmer a little bit. They gave it to a graphic designer and said, "Make it disc golf." And then that was it. Like, yeah, honestly, you so, know what it was? It probably wasn't even someone high up. It was probably just a programmer that played disc golf. That's oh, yeah. like, God, I wish this read in feet. I wonder what happens if I make one that reads in feet, tries it, brings up the idea. and like, yeah, sure. Sell it. See what happens. You already did it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so it seems like we're really positive on the Chris Dickerson contract. Yeah. I, I, I do think, so. think he could be a little bit more clear in that his, initially it said seven plus figures and we were like, oh, like, oh, I bet that's, you know, 300, 400,000 a year. And, and now yeah. thinking about it, I think we're probably closer to the 200,000 range, you know, probably. with, I mean, you know, at the same time, you know, everything, but that's still good so, money. But, don't get me wrong. It's just oh, all these big, contracts I would take coming it to out, play disc golf. The, the thing this year, it, it's more like, you know, you didn't announce the numbers it wasn't that good of a deal kind of thing. Right. Cause you're hearing right. all I mean, these other numbers. Like I mean, to be fair, I didn't even hear numbers or at least if I heard them, I didn't remember them until Macbeth. He was as soon really as you heard a million. Wow. Okay. That is, you know, and I may be wrong. Maybe they were talking about numbers beforehand. And honestly, for really. Dickerson's sake, I, you know, I don't blame him for not sharing the numbers. Well, if he funny. wanted to, I'm sure he could. There may be something in the contract that says he can't, but I yeah. can't imagine if, yeah. You know, Paul's out there sharing his number that they would write something that says Dickerson can't. Yeah, and he probably just yeah. doesn't want to, you know? which is fine. Yeah. It's just yeah. one of those things. But you know what? Uh, yeah. Do you know what his tour series disc is? Buzz. Something, wasn't it? Buzz. 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 Was it Buzz? Buzz, yeah. So yes. he has got a money printing With... machine, essentially. Yeah. It's a new gonna... stamp. And let's be fair, your Buzz people that already have 500 Buzzes, yeah. I want the new stamp. Everybody, like, that's just a disc that everybody's going to buy. It doesn't matter whose name is on it. No offense, but like <laughs> it's going to yeah. sell. And now that it's got his name on it, you know, you're tapping into potentially some more people. Yeah. So I typically throw DD. There are, I think two discs in my bag that are not one of the trilogy brands. One of them is Ben's old beast. <laughs> oh God, you still have that. <laughs> It has not found water yet. I throw it on. That has found every tree out there. That thing has got to be probably, it probably doesn't even qualify as like a 10 speed. It's probably an eight speed because the diameter is just chipped in so much at this point. So (laughs) I throw that hole over every single freaking pond I find. (laughs) And it has not ended up in the water yet. Um, I want to lose like, this disc. I, I don't care if, if I lose this disc. I didn't pay anything for it. Ben doesn't give a crap about it. I so didn't even know where I don't it was. care if it ends up in the pond. Yep. So naturally, I park it on every single water hole I, I throw it on. Hey, um, keep doing it. The other, and when it finally goes swimming, remind me that I lent you a disc so I can be pissed off and copy out of another <laughs> one. <laughs> um, the, I, I did lose your shark by, and your gauntlet, by the way. Uh, so we'll we'll worry about that later. Um, but anyway, <laughs> based on his reaction, listeners, yeah. he doesn't remember that he had a shark or gauntlet. I remember the um, shark. I just assumed I lost it. Yeah, it had something to do with water. 
It had something uh, to do with water. I assumed it, I lost it. It did go swimming, so you know I yeah. did keep up your tradition. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, so and the other one is a beat to hell buzz that I yeah, that you found. Not even I. My my sister in law found when we were playing under like a quarter of an inch of snow in the backwoods of some, you know, of a course that we were playing. And I, I, I'm probably going to replace it with a bounty because I've, I, I threw the bounty today for the first time and I absolutely love it. And it's a very similar flight pattern. Um, but boy, that buzz to me is one that I'm just like, Oh boy. I, I, I like throwing it because it is a straight shooter for me. Yep. Uh, and, and I'm sure that I'm not the only one that loves that disc for, for my understanding, that's kind of the, the discraft version of the Emac truth or the, rock. you know, it's yeah. like a rock. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that is the go-to mid. Yep. I mean, every mm-hmm. company that, I mean, if you look at companies, they all have a go-to putter, a go-to mid, a go-to driver. You know, when yep. you look at, when you look at any of a AVR rock, yeah. Destroyer. Which AVR though? <laughs> yeah. That's a whole different debate. <laughs> which destroyer, which rock? I mean, that's, it's a big argument all that. the way through. Yeah. Um, you know, when you look at Discraft, you know, I can't think of I mean Luna has probably become their top selling putter for the sake of yeah. Paul Macbeth. Yeah, I would assume that that's at the top of the list. And the Peach Pierce Fierce? Yeah. Without a question. Without I mean, you could also count Zone as their top selling putter, even though it's not yeah, really a putter. it's listed as a putter. <laughs> we'll <laughs> say it more like, like the harp. It's, it's the same thing as the harp. It's the same thing as a slammer. It's yeah. the same thing as a pig. They're they're listed as putter, but they're not really putter. But you know, buzz without question, they're mid. Mm-hmm. You know, their driver nowadays. I'm assuming Nuke. Nuke was um, their top seller for a Hades long, long time. Popular. That's one of the Paul Macbeth lines. That's one of the newer ones, yeah. though, right? Did yeah. that come out with Macbeth, or was that before or before Macbeth? Uh. Good question. I know it's in the. I, I know it's got its logo and everything, and you can't find one without it. Yeah, I'm just mad Maybe. that they stole my idea for selling discs by labeling them as Greek heroes, gods, etc. Well, <laughs> that was my idea, and they stole it probably before I even thought of it. But probably. Whatever. I mean, I gotta say that is one of my favorite things about dynamic discs, though. At least early on, I can't. I don't know if it's still there, but it kind of feels like it is. They all have some sort of like justice system reference yep oh yeah military i mean i, I just kind of thing i find it funny I, I find it funny and enjoyable in that sense I and like west side i forget west side has something also like that i can't uh, remember what North. it is it's no it's, it's all it's, it's all some North. sort of like well there's aren't they finnish or swedish yeah it's all it's yeah, all yeah. based off of like a cultural thing which i think is really cool Finland. Everything they bring in. Yeah, so it's all some sort of like Finnish culture or something. It's all related to that somehow, some way. I like when they stick to it. I mean, even Dismania, they're boring, you know, the F2, the P2, whatever. Yeah, I mean, but that's the same thing Prodigy it. has. I mean, they're consistent with it, which I think is kind of cool when you're yeah. consistent. I mean, it's yeah. also fun. Don't get me wrong. Innova kind of having different everything is also a lot of fun, too, at least for way cooler stamps that you can do with stuff like that. But yep, yeah. just kind of like the. You know that niche of something fun like that. Yeah, I mean, you look at DD, They're still they're still doing that. The bounty, I think, was one of the newer discs they had. Mm-hmm. I'm not counting the Emac Judge because I mean it's it's, it's a judge the judge. It's, it's the judge, judge. micro bead yeah. <laughs> instead of a full bead. 
Uh, yeah. Vandal, I think, was the one before that. That was one of the more recent ones. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But I think this is a good place to end it. Well, well we want to talk hang on. Do we want to get to our? Do we want to really quickly get to our one listener question? Um, or, or is that going to be way time. too long? Why don't okay. we talk about the one, uh, the other signing though, the Haley King signing? Oh yes, yes. Haley King. Real yes. quick, let's yeah. talk about that. Otherwise, that'll be you know old news if it's yes. not already because that oh happened God. like a day after that we one, stopped our last podcast. That one felt yes. like it was right time for everybody because yep. I don't think mm-hmm. Haley King left with a plan. Uh, it felt Which like surprised oh. me because it originally it felt like she did. And the further we got into it, and and same thing kind of goes for Katrina Allen. I thought she left with a plan, and it now it kind of doesn't feel like she did. I mean, I think with both of those girls, a lot of it was maybe they did have kind of an idea in mind. Maybe they had some soft offers. Yeah. But they're both the next up and coming. I mean, maybe yeah. not Katrina, the next up and coming. She's already been Katrina's there. Katrina's there. She's there. But She's like, already there. <laughs> we talked about it last time. Behind Paige Pierce, those are the two names you think of. Yep. I mean, yes, Sarah Holcomb, Lika Fight, Lisa Ficus, those kind of names pop in. But if you talk about the two that are going to be competing for tournaments... Yeah, King yep. and Allen are the two that you're pop up. Right. She's she's still so pretty young. I think once they got on the market, for as much as they may have had some soft offers, I'm sure more came in, and they just took their time to think about it. One, yeah, and I think for things. the sake of Innova, I think it's a smart signing on their part. Yep, it brings in another big name with a lot of potential coming forward. I think she wanted to get out of Paige Pierce's shadow at Discraft. Yeah. Um, one of the things that made me really think, and this wasn't point, I wish I could claim credit for this, but this is the guys over at Griplock. Um, she left and then like right before she left, they dropped a whole line of like not tour series disc, but basically like, Hey, you had a great season disc with her name on it. And then she left. So you got to think like, it wasn't like, Oh, Hey, she just won pro tour championship. You know, yeah, she's leaving, but she won it with us. So we're going to make this run of whatever the disc was. And now, yeah, it's like, but I think I think it really helped out Innova with them because um, Evelina and Hannah, who are right up there, basically the top four are Kristen Tatar, Evelina, Hannah and Paige Pierce. And you could you could run that list however you want. I just went off the top of my head. Um, so I think if Evelina and Hannah come over, they're Innova. She's going to be in the shadow again. But because they're if they come over, if yeah, who yes. knows? They're planning I mean, with, to they're planning to tour a lot more this year. But with the restrictions, who knows? To, to quote Hercules, "If this is good." Yeah, I think I, I can't imagine it's a bad signing. No. I can't see a downside no. for it from Innova. I mean, I've heard stupid rumors out there that Haley King doesn't have a good interview and her social well, media presence is, you know, less than. But that's a lot. I, of I think right now still. she's also young. Yeah, I mean, she's young. I can't I haven't seen anything outright where it's like, wow, she's an awful person. She may not have the like, best interview skills, but I haven't seen anything out of her that makes me not like her. some of the early Paige Pierce stuff or the early yeah. Paul Macbeth or Ricky Wysocki yeah, when he was with Latitude. nothing that makes Dude, me not like her. Like Ricky's and videos with Latitude, he looks like it looks like a hostage video. 
<laughs> it's but he's gotten so much better because they worked on it with him. I mean, everybody has. Every company has stepped up yep. that game, which means every individual has learned through the company. Yep, and it's going to take time, but she'll get better. Well, another thing is Innova has seemed like it's been hemorrhaging people. I mean, we talked about Prodigy losing a whole bunch of people. Innova's been right there with them. Yep, mm-hmm. some big. So, names. yeah, I mean, they lost. Who, who all did they lose? I mean, Feels Paul like and everybody. Ricky. In two years, they lost Paul. They they lost Paul, gained Ricky, and then they lost Ricky. Lost Ricky. I mean, right. those are the those are the two big names. Right. Kona, Mason, Ford, exactly. Valerie Mondo, Monahano. Which, um, which I do want to shout shout out something. I you know today was my first round of the year, and I I went out and threw a my bounty in the. Uh, in in a football field, and I also threw my Kona uh, Vandal in the field. How's that flying? I like that disc too. Okay, I, I love the bounty right now, but but that Vandal, oh boy, I'm gonna throw that one some this <laughs> year. That and it's it's gonna be real nice. That's uh, that's the disc that's getting me the Those are the two discs that are getting me to my Heiser flip. <laughs> I I did actually flip the the Vandal. Um, actually, I actually. Annie did a little bit too much and just threw it. My, my first throw with it went straight into the ground. Uh, but after I figured out how to actually throw it, I'm like, oh, this is. I, I like think this. once you get that one in an open field and get a good chance to work on it, that's going to step up your driving game. I the, think. Yep. the crazy thing is I was throwing my Vandal maybe 20 feet more than my my uh, bounty. That mm-hmm. thing has so much glide. I, I yeah, told you guys before we started recording. Boy, that bounty might be my fa- my new favorite mid between bounty, harp, and emac. Oh boy, Th- yep. those might be very very good uh, mid ranges yeah. for me. That yeah, bounty, the sure. glide on the bounty, like I said oh, last week, like it's, it's very easy it's to throw speed. it a lot farther than you think. Mm-hmm. It's a four speed. It doesn't feel like it. It feels like a. a Probably a six or a seven. It goes the same distance as a six or a seven. Yep. Yeah, Which I it's, think, well, it's Van, nice. No, I like it. Nine. Yeah, Vandal's a nine because I've looked at this because I wanted to get the escape, the Vandal, and the getaway because that's kind of the. I just got a getaway. I I really want to get a getaway. Um, I think I think we've talked about this that you can get a Dimax. Ooh, that's pretty. I think we've talked about this is that you can get a Dimax getaway. And that's, that's what I've been thinking about getting for our, uh, we've talked about adding our logo, which we, we have a logo. We do. You created this Joe. You showed us something last week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what is the owl's name, Joe? Oh yeah. Have, have I forgot about this that. Out? I have no idea. <laughs> that okay, was... We're calling him. We're calling it Hootie until we come up with a better name. <laughs> oh, that might be trademarked. I don't know. That might. Yeah. Um, that, that was just me legitimately <laughs> searching, going on Google, looking for pretty much free, like licensed, copyright free images, going into that section and typing in the word drunk. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so we are now uh, Hootie and the Drunk Asses. Yeah, 
It's pushing it. <laughs> so, all right. Well, that probably brings us to a more, yep. you know, yeah, feeling I, like yeah, we I covered at least one I, of the topics we wanted to I, talk about, I've right? Gone, we listed four things, talked about two. That's already better than last week. Yeah. I think I've gone far larger <laughs> on this bottle of wine. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's about time to uh, wrap this episode up. <laughs> I'd say so. That was a fun time. Uh, don't oh. forget to like and subscribe on YouTube. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. An hour later. <laughs> yeah. You can, get, you can get us wherever podcasts are sold for free. And uh, yeah, because we're on Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, CastBox, iHeartRadio, you know, Things all I've the major ones, and then a whole bunch of ones that I don't remember. Pocket Casts. I, that's like one of those weird, I don't know. I How just, do you remember this? Uh, Cause I've done it for over a year with mine. <laughs> There's a reason why hey, I, I remember all of Apple, those. Those so. are the same ones. That both podcasts are on there. So you can also find <laughs> Joe's disc golf or half in the bag disc golf podcasts and all of those spots, or you could go to Joe's and find it or half in the bag dot half in the bag DG.com. Got to remember that. If, if for some reason you're still wildly listening Please give us topics, stuff that you guys actually want to hear about, because yep. otherwise it's just us rambling and might be there'll fun. be had questions we didn't get to them today. So one of these days we'll have to do an entire episode of just questions to assure we get to some. Well, if we don't spend yeah, we'll 45 minutes on the rules. Episode. <laughs> we spent 45 we minutes like on the, the rules. We are like the most nerdy podcast ever. Yes. <laughs> As you're wearing a Critical Role sweatshirt, Ben. I have no idea what you'd be talking about there. Uh, yeah, so, you know, plenty of places. Indie. We do have tw- we have a Twitter handle, at uh, Half in the Bag DG, or you can hit me up, uh, Joe's Disc Golf. RJ? If you really want to follow me, I'm at RJ Wilson 131. Um, I think that's right. Don't follow me. It's it's not worth it. It's a lot of <laughs> it, it's a lot of of high school uh, likes and very yeah. very few tweets. Um, fo- follow our actual podcast. It, it's it's, it's a better follow than me. Yeah, one of these days we should get an Instagram going up. Once yeah. we hit summer, can take some videos, can take some pictures. That way, if one of us hits an ace, we can have like more than just two people that hear about it. Pretend it like we're excited. You know? I'm still looking for my first. Well, you're, you guys are one and two, you know? So like maybe the other one viewer we have can be number three that season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I will say, <laughs> I did hit thank, an thank ace on this ball valley, which is a topic for another episode. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Uh, for sure. I think that wraps it up here, so. Yeah. Everybody take it easy. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye.